0: okay and we are live hello welcome to Loose cannon today we are i need to just share uh today we are talking about the lore book empress uh it came out in season of the chosen and we're talking about it today because it's kind of relevant uh uh how, how when is it when is it um so next week is actually the start of the new season we still know nothing about the start of the new season uh, August 24th and isn't that what it they did with um arrivals? Mystery. Yeah, they did. They were like it kind of kept it. Yeah. Complete it mystery. Fly, they they like. dropped beyond light information and they didn't drop yep. arrivals information. So they're doing that that scheme again. Um which is cool, you know. I'm into that. I'm into going into something blind not knowing what to expect. But so personally I think I don't know if you're really in the same camp as me but I think that we're going to be seeing some like Zivu information specifically the Zivu, Sava Sabathun um kind of headbutting that they've been doing since Forsaken so that's why we chose to do this book because it it kind of um shows how they're both kind of playing each other playing off each other at least
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah
0: cuz can... that was that was a trip back in um Forsaken. Remember those in in the Dreaming City? There would be hive that were attributed to Zivu Wrath, and it's like the whole time you're like, "This is Savithun's deal. Why is Zivu here?" And it was everyone's like, "What's going on? Like, what's happening?" And and I think there was a a line from Toland who said that they were actually fighting each other for the Dreaming City, like they both wanted it and only one could have it, type of deal. Yeah,
1: that's a little crazy. It's like a little bit of sibling rivalry there. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's bound to happen. That's that's why way back in the Books of Sorrow, they were like, we need to leave. We can't be hanging out together because we're just fighting over Tithe. Like, they are so big. They can't. There's only enough room for one of them in the soul system. Right. And I I think they're going to come to each other. And and I I, personally, I think Witch Queen is going to be a big switcheroo. And Sabathun's going to peg us up against... uh, Uh, Zivu Wrath, and this season is going to kind of like set the groundwork for pushing Zivu into our focus, and then she's going to sidestep out of it, and it's just going to be us versus Zivu. I probably said like four. All right. Uh, So how how was uh how 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 was your week spend?
1: Um, mainly work yeah same. <laughs> <laughs> I've been crazy busy myself. I get to go to work and work and then work some more mm-hmm. and then eat a work sandwich for lunch mm-hmm. and then come home and drink some work coffee <laughs> and then chill out and shoot aliens yeah and then go to sleep and dream about work
0: mm-hmm. uh <laughs> I, about actually, you? I actually haven't played it um because i i've I've kind of just been. I don't want to say like on a hiatus with destiny, but it's just like, I feel like I I, I've experienced the whole of the season, even though the epilogue and everything I've been like really on top of what's been happening, especially from the lore sense. So I know about epilogue and how that happened. Um, Right. And so that happened this week, last week effectively. And so it's pretty safe to talk about it now. And, you know, lakshmi opened a portal in the bots of ruins allowing the vex in which seems kind of crazy because it's like why would you do that
1: yeah so (laughs) it's crazy it's even more crazy because the way they doled out that information you know like it wasn't all just in game you know we got that what is it called the the lore that's outside of the game where they do the little what is it called Oh, the web lures? There you go. Web lures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know why I couldn't think of that.
0: Well, they, they called them web lures, and then they called them something else. So we're getting weblore.
1: We're getting web lore that's fed to it that's, that's technically a like in the game or accessible through mm-hmm. any game. And so <clears throat> you've got to take this, like, holistic approach to how the lore is being rolled out to you because if you're getting these outside vignettes that are telling mm-hmm. a story but then you're getting uh, things that are happening in the game or in the, the lore of Destiny or in the story of Destiny um, you gotta wonder why they chose to isolate certain things for mm-hmm. web lore and then why things are in the game and I chalk it up to some of it being mainly because the way the game releases content, they can't be in control of certain things, obviously, because mm-hmm. they call them data miners, where they're not. They're just reading stuff before everyone else got to read it. And then <laughs> you're you're seeing a lot of stuff that's just made available to people all at once. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of people experiencing things for the first time and just sharing that. Or re- rereading things that happen with new information that yeah. help put those old things into context and then so we we say a lot of stuff like spoilery things that we don't want to talk about and we do uh, hold back on those particular pieces of content because you want to give people uh, a a respectable amount of time to experience it for themselves Mm -hmm. i say maybe like a week or a week and a half is always good yeah just like movies right yeah you you don't don't want to
0: be the guy leaving the movie telling people what
1: happened that's just crap and so it's okay to play around with things and like if you know you know and you can say certain things out on the web and people know what you're talking about and that's not a spoiler that's just like an inside joke right Mm -hmm. um but so like i said half of the web lore decision is probably because of that and so when you think about the words that are written out in those paragraphs on the web lore that give this full, I mean, a lot of times the web lures are full of descriptive, contextualized, um, just this like elaborate happening or event mm-hmm. or, you know, just trying to give you like some meat and potatoes to what's happening in the game. And they're, they're very fleshed out typically. So the, the, the stuff we got that pertained to Osiris and Sagira Mm -hmm. became hella relevant all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Like more and more that story, it's like, okay, well, what weren't we told? Like what happened that we didn't understand?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're experiencing things in the game and you're watching characters, NPCs talk to one another and you're like, why does this sound weird? Or what is this? What is happening? As a player, I can only imagine if you don't read any of the lore as a player, I can imagine you have like a very streamlined idea of what's going on in the game. And outside of that, it's pretty, you know, it's kind of like this river that you're following and Mm -hmm. it gets you to where you're going. But it's funny because you're missing all of these branches that are connecting together as you're going down this river. And you're just if you just look around, you'll see there's a bunch of other rivers feeding to the one you're on. (laughs) Yeah. And that that Osiris and Sabbath River has been there for a long time. I mean Osiris has been there since D one. We just didn't ever
0: yeah, interact with like, I don't think in those web lures that you're talking about, um uh Imalint, part one and two. Um yeah. if if those hadn't happened, I don't think everything that everyone's thinking about Osiris right now could Makes sense you know it'd be like such a a, a switch yeah. for osiris to be how he is all yeah, of a sudden
1: it would yeah and i guess that you know and maybe you know and maybe that's okay you know because even if you don't know that knowledge um and you're somebody experiencing the game in a lighter way mm-hmm. i say lighter or heavily heavier being people that are just immersed in the lore and then lighter are people like that are just kind of absorbing the story as they play. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're involved with the story in a lighter way, maybe that's okay because you can recognize when something sounds off or seems weird. Right. But, but the cool thing about that is I've noticed a lot of people since this last event that we had with epilogue and uh, Lakshmi dying, I've noticed a lot of people kind of wake up to the fact that, Hey, um, I'm a little bit hungry now and I need to understand why this is the way it is. And so they're rereading lore or they're reading lore for the first time. Mm-hmm. I feel so like it's, I, sorry. No, 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 that's it. It's, yeah. it's a lot of people are getting engaged in the story and I've noticed a lot of new people showing up and it's mm-hmm. great.
0: I feel like uh Bungie has like really mastered the seasonal storytelling model. And, uh, like, they, they've done such a good job of it that now I think there's a, an answer. Matt said this, uh, Mylan Game said this on uh, DCP a week or so ago, where they asked him, like, how would you suggest someone get into the lore? And that's a that's a question that gets harder and harder to answer as the years go on and we get more yeah. and more and more. But he was like, I think you should just read the lore that's currently happening. And it's like, yeah, that's all it takes, you know, because you, you, you get that. that that itch you know and that's what these seasons are doing because they're like oh my god what's going on with osiris i thought he was like a super like good guy what did i miss like what what is what's that subtext that i'm not getting anymore and it's it's you know you go looking for more and then when you go looking for more you find other things like you go diving into osiris and then you start learning about i'm not really sure what
1: osiris can branch off into Actually he's he's
0: everything. pretty self contained.
1: I mean he's technically um he's technically connected to every single thing that happened in Destiny. It's just like the stories that are about him are pretty much like self-contained, like it's a bubble of Osiris when you read his stories. Yeah. But when you realize that Osiris is in and around and all over everything that's ever happened, that yeah. that kinda is like what See what's funny to me about the character of Osiris is if you go back to D one and you think, okay, Tolan, Osiris, these ominous characters that were at the at like the background of the lore mm-hmm. and you always wondered about them, right? And it kind of created this like hunger of knowledge, you know, we talk about it all the time. Hunger of knowledge, ayat. <laughs> so you talk about these these hungers of knowledge that we all have why 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 you know it's this constant question why 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 mm-hmm. and then the particular pieces of the story happen and then a name drop you know there's so many times mm-hmm. when osiris and, T- and tolan's names were dropped i mean we all got broken toes at this point you know <laughs> just as you're playing the game you're like what does osiris have to do with this and his name is right here in front of you for what you know yeah so it it makes you question. It makes you wonder where are they going with this?
0: And yeah. I, I, remember, I remember in early D one, everyone thought Osiris was fully focused on the Vex because he's extremely focused on the Vex. He sees them as like the great threat. And I think, I think it might actually be the first time Osiris was even mentioned in destiny. One was by Rahul when he said Oryx, Uh, Oryx. What did he say? He mentioned Oryx and something about repeating three times. This is like idle dialogue, repeating three times, and then at the end of his statement, he's like Osiris. And so it was like one of those first like hints that it's like Osiris is more than just the Vex. Like Toland is absolutely like almost exclusively focused on the Hive, but both of them are focused on the darkness, and like that was. That was their kind of like d- defining factor that like Toland the darkness that trickles down to the vex and Osiris, the darkness or the, the hive and then Osiris, the darkness it trickles down to the hive, but it also deviates to the vex, which we now know that we never really knew before. We always kind of like the vex are kind of their own deal th- except for the, the black garden vex. But now it's like, you know, in the the garden of, um, salvation raid gos raid i i always call it gos so i don't remember if it's salvation or something else (laughs) Uh, yeah you know there's the pyramid in the garden it's there buried they have Uh the darkness statue in that pyramid they are clearly closely tied to the darkness in some fashion
1: yeah yeah and i mean we know uh, now we know the exos had you know were created out of that
0: yeah, and the exos were used with stasis created with stasis and vex, which is like yeah. really double yeah. dipping into the night. Oh, yeah. And and speaking of Osiris, there was that that entry Osiris from Destiny One, where I think uh, it was Lysander who who said this. He was spreading a rumor that Sagira was a faulty ghost because she resurrected <laughs> yeah. Osiris as a human, despite being having evidence that he was an exo. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about because we, like I think that could be possible. Like if they really wanted to go down that line and explain It's so how funny that you
1: brought brought that up because I just read that. Like really? Maybe two days ago. Yeah. I was just reading that because I was thinking about I was thinking about the fall of the factions and mm-hmm. how they're pretty much yeah, they're, I mean, they're not. Done. Do you think Dead Orbit yeah, I mean, took its
0: fleet? Do you think they're like out exploring the world now? Like, is humanity fucked when the time comes?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Chill so, listen. Lakshmi, Lakshmi's, de- Lakshmi's, dead. But at the end of that particular epilogue, you mm. get to hear them say because they want to, you know, they want to incorporate that not all FWC was bad. It was just the people that kind of believed what Lakshmi was saying. right?
0: Yeah, I think it or was not- uh, Navarro who was like, "You need to chill the fuck out." <laughs>
1: like, there you go. Yeah, and so they even put it in the dialogue in the game. So like, they're like, yeah, Uh, Akora is talking about um, Lakshmi, and she's saying, yeah, even a lot of the uh, FWC members were seeing her as you know whatever, just crazy or radical. Yeah, yeah, there you go, radical. And so it's kind of a way to say, okay, you know, sometimes you got crazy people running your stuff, and you can't do anything about it until you know, but that doesn't necessarily make you. A bad person yeah um, you know it just means that you had someone bad in your in your group and so anyway bad good whatever everyone's kind of oscillating between the two regardless I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know most of the most humanity most of the humans in real life are probably doing the same thing I think there's just bad situations and it's if you've got bad situations and you've got opportunities for more bad stuff to happen and create people Uh, having a tendency to do bad things it's going to happen right so Mm -hmm. laxmi obviously happened because there was this perfect opportunity and everybody in the game is oscillating between the two which is good or bad right and even zavala i mean zavala's had some really dark moments Mm -hmm. um so in a nutshell uh (laughs) the i was thinking about the factions and how they're pretty much gone uh at this moment and it made me think about Lysander, and so I went back and I was rereading that, and I was just searching Lysander to read everything Lysander had to do, and so it kind of made me think of like context-wise. When you what you just said, when Lysander was talking about uh, Osiris and Sagira and her go and his ghost, at the time mm-hmm. when I first read that, I just thought, oh, that's just kind of like um, him roasting Osiris for being, you know. Like he just wants to be like Lysander obviously has this disdain for the other factions because they kicked him out because new monarchy ba- basically banished him to the winds, right? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder what did Lysander know?
0: Yeah, like I, to, I wonder if he actually found evidence of Osiris being an exo. Because that would be kind of crazy.
1: Because Remember when there was the um, consist- consensus meeting in the lore, and how they were trying to decide who was going to be accepted in next? Yeah, and they knew they knew FWC was kind of radical already, mm-hmm. but they brought him in. Lysander and his concordat were out, but they got to bring in somebody, and so FWC was the most likely candidate. But everybody, mm-hmm. everybody knew that they had this tendency to be kind of radical. Yeah. As you put it.
0: Okay. Well, so speaking of, speaking of Vex in the epilogue mission, and let's see, I think I'm going to do this right. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of Vex in the epilogue vision mission, we found a friendly harpy, apparently speaking binary. So I'm sure you've heard about this, right? <laughs> yeah, and so uh, I, I just pulled this up off of Google. You can notice that it that it's it's stationed at this like dual monitor setup thing, which is almost identical to Asher. I think the only thing that's missing is his book. And um, so Asher, well, as it's even week, got
1: like the little laptop screen.
0: Yeah, thingy. yeah, it's still got yeah. the laptop screen. But, uh-huh. So uh, the last time we saw Asher, he was heading into the pyramidian because he was not going to let the darkness access vex secrets and he was like I'm not letting that happen and then IO became an anomaly assumably an anomaly just like Mars did as we know Mars did and Titan and so now we have the friendly harpy who's identified with a blue eye and this isn't even the first time we've seen a friendly harpy the f- first time we saw it was in D2 vanilla where it was uh the captain of the Exodus Black mind scanned loaded into a harpy and then in Beyond Light we saw another harpy on Europa so I don't think there's any uh, connection between Captain from Exodus Black and the more recent harpies but people are saying that this harpy in the city is Asher because uh, the, the binary that it's beeping out says assistant which Asher constantly calls us
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and here's what's even funnier about that is just like you said. So when Asher, Asher was a ginsum gens, scribe, Asher had, um, you know, lost his fire team. Asher was infected by the Vex when he lost his arm and the mm-hmm. Vex infection was taking over Asher's body and converting him slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, Eris has a good line in the grimoire where she's talking to Asher on his uh, med bed, medical mm-hmm. bed. And he she is describing what he looks like. This is well before any of the happenings happened. And she's noticing the the ghost has a red eye and just blinking at her, mm-hmm. and that his arm has been replaced with a Vex arm, which mm-hmm. is like a goblin arm, basically. And so she knows that you know he's ultimately doomed at that time. And then the whole time Asher is involved with us, he is calling us assistant, mm-hmm. and he's Always called anybody who's ever been a part of his, you know, research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh assistant. And so we know from throughout the story with, with Asher's that he had this hellbent vengeance with the um <laughs> the Pyramidian boss. What was his name?
0: Brachion Genesis Mind.
1: There you go. You can you kind of have to say it in his voice because every time <laughs> Every time you hear Brachion Genesis mind, you know, that's like you're playing the game. And so it like immediately comes up in your brain. But so there was the whole funny bit about the lake. There's no lake. Yeah. Right?
0: But then Asher found the lake when he went
1: in. Boom. There you go. So like he sees the lake. So this lake in the Vex and the thing all being tied to his convergence into being into the Vex. Do you call Mm -hmm. it? I don't know, like the stream of network and minds that are all connected. So Mm -hmm. do you think, because this is the question, do you think that Asher is a part of the network and he back channeled a way to talk to us through a harpy mind? Or do you think that he was physically turned into this harpy?
0: I think the first option. I think I think Asher is still currently himself, or if he is anything, he is more Vex and less awoken but he's not harp like he he doesn't turn into a harpy he was already turning into like a a goblin or Or in my opinion he was turning into brachion and yeah (laughs) so so you don't turn into a harpy
1: yeah so what i was gonna say is um i I believe the first one too and here's kind of why Because when Tolan fell to the hive, Mm -hmm. the thing that kept him from being automatically absorbed to the hive and just being kind of just nothingness Mm -hmm. was his light, right? Mm -hmm. The light is, the light is able to be contained and destroyed. uh, But in certain instances, the light is so strong that it almost holds the essence of that person in a stasis. It almost holds the essence of that person in a, uh, in a way that they're just kind of trapped. They're kind of trapped between existence and not existing, right? Okay. So Tolan has talked to us several times through those little floaty bits on the moon mm-hmm. and, uh, and other places too. Yeah, in the Dreaming city. Yeah. Remember on, when Hard... On, uh, remember
0: when... Dreadnought. Hard, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so in the Vex, they have a network of communication where they can just talk digitally or however it happens uh, the stream of consciousness so wouldn't you find asher's knowledge of the vex useful in this instance to where he could just basically say you know what i'm going to try to manipulate a message out to everybody yeah i, mean, I think so yeah so it kind of happened with uh the what was his name the hardy the ship guy from nessus that died with that friendly harpy that you brought up what's his name
0: i i just know him as the captain The captain, captain
1: okay so the captain ghost uh that was very much a, a message mm-hmm. contained within the harpy how do you think that that message was able to cut through i don't know yeah so you've got to you've got to wonder if there's this like back channel that is manipulate that you can manipulate within the vex network mm-hmm. right And so the reason I'm bringing all of this up is because we have Savathûn who is known for being able to manipulate the vex network with Kuria.
0: Yeah that's a good point
1: mm-hmm. So somewhere within the light and the dark is this ability to um like I don't know. There's just this ability within the light and the dark that can that can somehow mm, go outside, you know, material means. I think it's a I think it's a good road for them to go down uh, lore wise and try to explain mm-hmm. uh, eventually. Uh, but I, I'm definitely I'm definitely aware of something happening. Yeah, I just can't put my finger on it. You know, it's like. It's okay to say you don't know because I don't know, right? I don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. But it makes it it makes me hunger for that. It makes me hunger for that explanation. And I think that they could specifically do something there. Because why else why else would it be so advantageous for the praxics to sacrifice themselves whenever they're up against the wall, right? Mm -hmm. Because when they when they die or they sacrifice themselves, you know, or they conflagrate. (laughs) <laughs> this like you know this way of just destroying themselves but everything around them goes with it mm-hmm. but then they're also able to get that message back to you in a way yeah um so there's got to be something there. there's there got to be something there within the light and the dark to sacrifice and um, taking
0: yeah well then um we also uh continuing on this asher thing we have a lore card that kind of talks about asher do you want to get
1: into that yeah Yeah, that's perfect. It ties in really nicely. Um, So it's a short lore car. It's really short because I'm not going to go into the insane amounts of techno garble there are, which (laughs) I read. I read it all because that's how I am. I'm I'm insane when it comes to this stuff. Um, But in a nutshell, there's a sniper that we get that has to do with Asher. And it's called Silicon Neuroma. Um, so that's not really something that exists in real life. Like the two words together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but the flavor text on the sniper rifle, which is a pretty good sniper rifle, by the way, um, it says, and it's a quote from Asher. It says my future is concurrently irreversible and unknowable before it overtakes me. I desire a more abrupt end to those responsible. <laughs> so Talking he's, about he's obviously. Yeah, he's obviously talking about Brachion, or as you put it, himself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, he gives you a sniper, basically, and he's like, hey, man, go get this vengeance for me, because, you know, obviously I'm stuck being turned into a Vex and can't really do much about it. Um, Silicon neuroma. Silicon, so if you break it down, silicon is an abundantly natural occurring chemical element. It's used in making everything from engine blocks to electronics and semiconductor microchips. And so I put that in there because specifically, silicon is one of those materials that's used in just about everything. It's crazy hard. It's super strong. It can withstand tons of heat. Uh, I mean, it's like really close to a diamond, you know, as far as like material makeup and and strength and, and longevity and stuff. And so no wonder they would use it microchips or microprocessors or computer and i mean there's this insane amount of information out there about how silicon is just like the building blocks for the entire electronics industry which is crazy and electric and electrical stuff boards whatever um Mm -hmm. so how does that relate well obviously vex right because they're kind of this digitized who knows what they're made of Uh, Mm. So silicon is you know that material but neuroma is a growth or a t- a tumor of nerve tissue. Uh, nerve tumors result from trauma at the location of injury. So a neuroma is a, norm- a neuroma is like a cancerous cell that goes crazy at a nerve ending that was severed or traumatized in any kind of, uh, you know, just way. Right. So you can imagine uh, Asher's arm being ripped off by Vex. That's a lot of trauma to his arm and those nerve endings. And so what happened is they're trying to correlate the two that when that happened, a cancerous Silicon took over and is now transforming Vex. Mm -hmm. Uh, within his body so like he's being you know taken over by the vex Uh, because in the lore his arm was ripped off um and in the game you know he talks about "Ah, my arm you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah so Naroma, there's a ton of medical information on that as well i'm not going to get into it because it's an insane amount yeah but it's like a legitimate thing um like your your brain and your body recognizes a traumatic thing that happens and sometimes it's too much for your for your DNA to contain and so like these cancerous cells start to develop um where it creates a neuroma and so like the the tumors will just start to like flourish because your body's trying to repair itself but it doesn't know how because it's just mm-hmm. like it's an over correction that your body is trying to create for the traumatic event that happened. So It's amazing that our DNA has that capability to recognize things, but at the same time, it can be cataclysmic.
0: Hmm. And because of everything that Asher went through, he's one of the few guardian. I guess he's the only guardian that we know hasn't died since that event, which that event happened just before the red war. So, three years he he lived for three years without dying as a guardian that's kind of impressive as a normal human that's not that impressive
1: yeah that's true yeah i wonder if that has something to do with him being a, a jensen you know because they they had a lot of so you like know, i if don't you read
0: i don't know like i know he's called the jensen scribe i don't know if he's actually a jensen scribe anymore though because that's a reef term and the reef doesn't accept guardians so, like, unless that's, he's like a special exception, he
1: that's true. used
0: to be a Jensen scribe.
1: So it's kind of yeah, that's a mystery for me. It's always been kind of like the a, a hole in the in the lore. So but, if uh, he's yeah, if he's a Jensen if he's a Jensen scribe, and you attribute uh, the Jensen's oh. being able to study all of that stuff. You know, maybe he had some, some good knowledge that would help him stay alive for that long. I mean, what happened to what happened to uh uh Kabir? So actually
0: we know <laughs> because that was that was way long ago. Back in um Season of the Undying, we were talking about the lore book aspect and there's the entry I will never remember the entry name, and it has uh Text that sounds like it's talking about Oh my god, I haven't talked about this guy in so long. The warlock who leapt off the shores of time found himself in Sorry, Pujari. Pujari. Yeah. So it sounded like they were talking about Pujari. And then later it sounded like it was talking about Kabar or Kabir, which is weird because like it's it was like from the perspective of a singular person. And Mm -hmm. so it started out With like K with a carrot, K with a carrot, K with a carrot, K with a carrot, V with a carrot. And then it ended with K with a carrot, K with a carrot, V with a carrot, V like more Vs than Ks. And so we, we like asked the question about that. On the show, like, does that imply Kabir is being converted into a Vex? Does that imply Asher is actually converting into a Vex? Not just the arm, but that it's spreading throughout his body as well. And the author of that book, um, uh, Ariella, I believe her name was, uh, actually tweeted it saying that she was listening to the show and she was like, it's crazy hearing a show talk about something you've written. Cause I guess that was a new experience for her. And it's one of my favorite books. So I hope she comes back to write more. Uh, and she said that she very purposefully did that syntax with the letters. Oh. So it's not confirming that Kabir is converting into a Vex, but it's saying it, it's, it, it, <laughs> it is something it's not nothing. And yeah. so far I'm, I've only ever heard that proposal of it's it's insinuating
1: kabir's conversion well i like it i like it because one of the things he says is uh you know like if i speak again it's not me right you know
0: yeah he he says that like he knew he knew he wouldn't be him and remember those old theories that kabir turned into atheon i never bought into those and i still don't buy into those because why would he be going into the vault if not to fight atheon but i do believe he became something Definitely. Maybe even the Templar. That'd be cool. Well, he became the shield technically, I guess. No, he, he fashioned his light into the shield. He yeah. did not become the shield. That's, that's the other thing that people like to say that he became the oh. shield, but it's just his light became the shield.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Because like you think um,
0: about, sorry. You think
1: about the light being uh, something that, you know, we manipulate, but it's never not it's you're right. It's never it's never technically who we are as a guardian or as anyone is any guardian or any light bearer that uses the light. It doesn't mean that they are the light, right? Mm -hmm. It's just something that is there for them to manipulate and use um, throughout the experience of destiny and stuff like that. So, yeah. So (laughs) back to that age old question, how much of you is actually you? (laughs) So if Kabir is turned into a Vex, then, you know, his light has been separated from him. But that was because he put it into the shield. Technically.
0: Sorry, I was just trying to find the actual uh, tweet so I could read it verbatim. What did you ask?
1: No, no, no. I was just saying if he if he separates his light, puts it in the shield, then Kabir is now a part of the Vex.
0: Yeah. So that that would be the case. um, I, I, I'd imagine
1: in theory. Yeah, I guess you have to, I guess you have to take the two separately. Like we know,
0: we know, um, God, what the hell is his name? Omar. When he was being tortured by the hive, they were able to rip his light out and his light was still himself. So Kabir becoming the shield, I guess, Technically, Kabir is the shield, but there's still Kabir, the guardian. Why, whether or not he has any light left, like maybe that's actually something I I never really considered before. Can a guardian be stripped of their light and still survive, but not use their light anymore? Like Eris. Eris is the proof of that, right?
1: I guess, but is she? I mean, she's got to have something left. I don't think she does. This is why we have a show, because we figure this stuff out now. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, uh, yeah. um, What was her name? Uh, Ariana. When what did they describe her being torn apart? Her light was being stripped from her body. How did they describe it?
0: Well, that was Omar. Omar had his light stripped from his body. Oh,
1: that's right. Uh yes, so if you think about that as being like torn apart or shredded, well there's pieces of you everywhere then because you can't completely you can't completely annihilate or have the piece of who you are in that one specific area versus somewhere else because Hmm. you've been shredded right i mean a ghost even talks about it or the lore even talks about how ghost finding you know guardians and how there was a there was a an exceptional piece of light left within the spark right Mm -hmm. something like that a spark was there i was able to bring back the guardian because he was an exceptional person whatever those touched by the light can only be brought back because of that remaining spark or peace.
0: Okay. I found However it. it happens. I found it. I found it. Uh, I do want to let the book stand on its own and let people speculate because that's where the fun is. But the last line of Gnomic was the much intentional make of that what you will. <laughs> so she, she, she said V the letter V not very like V much yeah. intentional.
1: So we think vex with the V. Yeah, yeah, we. Yeah, I,
0: in my opinion, that's kind of like pushing yeah. the the theory
1: that it was vex conversion. Which is great. Um, this high, idea of convergence is really <sighs> okay. Everything, everything <laughs> we vex really got vex. off topic there. Yeah, I mean it was good right. off
0: topic. I I enjoy that, but we've. Been talking for forty minutes and we haven't uh, started the lore book at all. <laughs> Maybe we should
1: get into Empress. <laughs> well, good thing it's a a short lore book. Yeah,
0: it is. It is a short one. It's very, it's very to the point. The details are right there. It's not like, and not that oh. it's bad when there's like a lot of words detailing everything that's happening, and then there's like the nuggets inside. This is very to the point. So we can we can yeah. probably get through this. All right, uh, let's rip it quickly. So we are talking about the lore book Empress. This is the book that um, comes, takes place in a time just before Season of the Chosen. It ends with her basically arriving in Season of the Chosen, and it goes way back to before Cabal, yeah, yeah, before Callus was even... Evicted from his throne. So the first entry is uh, chapter one storyteller where a very young title is being told a story of how the world, a world already conquered by the Cabal Empire, believed the universe came to be. And she wishes to fight that God. Uh, So the God. The, the empire believed uh, to satisfy the first thought, which would become the first law. Urken law consumes the chaos of the void and gives birth to the ordered universe. And do you think that's the, and I don't know which way it would go. Do you think that's the, the winnower or the, the gardener? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's one of them. Definitely.
0: Right. Like when I first read that, I was like, Oh my God, is that the winnower? And then it was saying, uh, consumes chaos in, of the void and gives birth to, the ordered universe so the gardener wants
1: chaos
0: the winnower consumes the gardener to create order right
1: yep so So, that's that's funny you bring that up because that's a perspective right so when you know you're talking like a darkness versus a light entity they always have a perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway the perspective from the dark's vantage point is that uh, chaos is a natural order of the universe, and it should be allowed to exist. And that annihilation is a part of chaos because mm-hmm, chaos mm-hmm. chaos can't happen. Blah blah blah. And to try to order and create organization and formality is not natural. And that is an, that is a light entity.
0: Uh, I think you got you that mean? reversed.
1: Yeah. The, what am I the, saying? The I'm light- saying from the vantage a vantage from the dark's perspective. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the light is trying to undo what they're, they're saying is from their perspective is a beautiful natural event. Chaos. Hmm. And then from the light. And then, so the light to the darkness is uh, tearing apart. What is destroying what they're trying to create, which is chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like the light is saying I'm creating life and the darkness is saying you're creating chaos. I'm creating order you're creating chaos and the light is saying I'm creating life you're creating
1: death yes there you go uh,
0: but so uh, Keitel is told the Empire already defeated the Tiarn which were the people that believed in Erkin uh, law and so Keitel says that she'll believe in Erkin law so that one day she can go fight Erkin law which is Adorable yeah. in like a warmonger, you <laughs> way.
1: yeah. It's a cute thing for a kid to say, like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I want like, oh, you want to, you want to yeah. destroy
0: entire planets of civilizations, yeah.
1: Oh my <laughs> That's God, horrible, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, this is oh, she this looks was, up to him, she looks yeah. up
1: to the co- yeah.
0: This was a young title who, uh, who was still Callus was still under uh the rule. And then the next one, it jumps up to when she's older. And I'm not sure if it's before or after the coup. What what do you think? So uh chapter two Star Pilot, uh is running a simulation against what appears to be the hive. They're on a world that isn't torah Bottle that hasn't that has been destroyed by whatever alien race appears to be the hive. And just I'm just gonna say a wizard appears and shoots Kaido out of the sky, ending the simulation where she would have died. Do you think this is before or after the midnight coup?
1: I thought it was after.
0: but Yeah. It seems I to be the reason lacking. Why I
1: thought it was, the reason why I thought it was after in the lore was because of how Callus was obsessed by the darkness. And so part of the reason why he's not like.
0: So you good. think he wouldn't you think if he had witnessed the hive, he would have been like, I'm going to stay away from the
1: darkness or, or no, or something else would have happened. Maybe he would Mm. have been more, more obsessed with it or, you know, just Mm. stayed there or been consumed by it or whatever. But yeah, I could, I could like in the lore, I couldn't see him seeing that and then being like, all right, I'm a bounce.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, he didn't choose to bounce. I mean, like the
1: bounce. Yeah. But I mean, he's going to like jump on this opportunity yeah yeah as we know Callus is driven by just anyway
0: so uh, in this entry uh, on the planet imagine all of Torah bottle they're on the planet and they're describing it uh, imagine all of Torah bottle as putrid grave swamps of Ark, centuries sunk in muck a testament to someone else's conquest and so like the first place At least as far as I'm aware, the first place the hive touched down on earth are the rusted lands, which is kind of like not swampy, but it's, it's clearly like mucky, you know, it's not like clean, dry land. And then wherever they are in the Cosmodrome, it's kind of the same, you know, it's not like the dry snowy locations anymore. It's like getting more like, like, like swampish and, then we have right. old Chicago coming up uh, supposedly in which queen we have old Chicago coming up and old Chicago was absolutely a swamp area. Like it was, it was a swamp zone location. Yeah. And do you think this is like a thing that the hive leave behind? Like wherever they go, it's like well, kind um, of swamp sunken muck.
1: Yes, maybe. Well, because <laughs> I, maybe it's just like if they didn't, Okay, so like tour battle. if they didn't, if they weren't a part of the reason why it's a swamp in the first place, then it's probably like, oh, look, that's a good place to build a home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's comfortable for them. Yeah, However they, they're, they're
0: just naturally drawn to, drawn yeah. to, to the swampy. It's yeah. swampy like,
1: oh, where am I going to lay in the living room? Oh, well, obviously the sofa with the comfy pillow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I gotcha. <laughs> Also in this entry, um, Umun Arath, This is like before Umun like really shifted yeah. her personality. She says there are monsters at the edges of our territory that would tear open our world and turn it inside out. They feared nothing, and so that they fear nothing is a is kind of like a foreshadow to later and later on in this this book, in the entry New Gods, I believe, perhaps Battle Song. Now New Gods, New Gods. To be soldiers. They fear Wherever. We'll get to it.
1: Okay. So cute little title Yeah. Is uh just just did her this is flash forward. She just did her battle simulation. Mm-hmm. And, and she's getting a little more um
0: realistic in her her fighting. She's not all hopped up on fairy tales of like yeah
1: which um what how do you pronounce it, uman? umunarath yeah that's uh, how i told it. her told her all about this so at a very 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 early age idol was told all these fantastical stories <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah by uh uh oz uh, oz yeah. uh, i can't pronounce it. I, could, I was trying to figure it out Ozja,
0: Ozja, ja who apparently has all of the empire's stories inside her head Mm. Which is just like the grand storyteller job, Yeah, you know. I'm it's sure they're not story. elaborated at all. I, we yeah. do not have any evidence of scions spicing up the story for Callus's liking. That's <sighs> never happened.
1: Yeah. Cade <laughs> <laughs> Seven agrees. Yeah, totally.
0: Toland forced into a body again, just so he could be killed again.
1: Yeah, what in the world? That's hilarious. <laughs> they really went off the are, rails with that one. Really good those are really good stories.
0: They should have made Drifter eat himself. That would have been good.
1: But the fact that he had to eat his ghost, did he? Oh him? man, I forgot that. Yeah, he oh, ate yeah. his ghost. And, but it would have you know, been that, it would have
0: been funny if he's like, "This is good. What is it?" And it's like, "It's your legs. We cut them off, and you didn't even notice." <laughs> 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 oh, that's
1: great. Yeah, that's a good story in the lore. He's eating his ghosts, and it's like blood and metal in his mouth, and he mm-hmm. can't stop. Yeah, because he's so hungry. Yeah, anyway.
0: So then we go on to chapter three, which is assassin. So this is absolutely after the midnight coup because Kaido felt the assassin's eyes on her back before she heard their words. If your father sends his regards. They crooked.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you
0: can't help but put in. <laughs> it's fucking uh game of thrones references uh, anymore right like that it just yeah. has to happen
1: well that's like that's like a that's like a saying that goes way back to like 30s gangster movies
0: yeah i mean i'm 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 sure i'm sure it's got yeah. like real world references but like you can't right. read that without being like yeah the lannisters send their regards <laughs> like that's what it's yeah. <laughs> that's what it's doing like don't don't yeah. try to like pretend you're not yeah, and uh, uh, an assassin of an unknown race, uh, they're one of Kallus' shadows, tried to kill Keitel with a void weapon. Uh, they shot her, I believe, in her shoulder, and then they also shot through her hand. So the Cabal have, like, really good regenerative, medical, whatever whatever the case may be. Because her hands are fine, but she got blasted through her hand. Yeah. So, like... That's that's kind of a big deal in my opinion and that, that just kind of made me think back to like all the times that um the cabal were called morphs. Yep. Where it's it's almost like can they like I don't even well, we know. know how to describe. We it. know
1: we know they can make themselves out of that black goo on Callista's ship, the the pools. What were they the make pools? themselves
0: in the pools, the royal pools.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's they were like,
0: they... I thought they were they were born in the the royal pools or something like that yeah
1: i guess that's the same thing right yeah
0: that's where they were modified that's where um galron was genetically modified
1: yeah that's what i was gonna say that's where galron even happened too but like all the so okay (laughs) sorry sidebar you know when the ghost tells us on one of the missions that we have it's like a uh, it's not a patrol mission it's like a side it's like a short mission Mm -hmm. and uh he he describes the black goo yeah their their pressure gel yeah their pressure gel well the the oil and he goes on to say that they use the oil the black oil for everything it can carry uh it carries digital information for everything you need blah 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 they -hmm. can use it as a fuel they can use it as whatever and so like If you think about them being a morph and whatever that means, and just your own definition of morph, and then you think about the black goo being tied to their morph, it's kind of like, yeah, like what you said, they can regenerate themselves, or this is how they create themselves. And you think about uh, how Gaul used it on the ship.
0: Mm. So just to kind of jump ahead a little bit. Uh, in a later entry pinned into the wreckage of a crashed single pilot fighter keitel caught her breath as gel leaked from her suit and so it was always the assumption that and actually it was like explicitly told to us that the cabal needed this pressure gel because our atmosphere wasn't as thick or something like that something along those lines where they needed to simulate the pressure on their bodies as they had on their homeworld, but here on her homeworld, she's still got the pressure gel suits, and it's mm. leaking from her suit. So it's kind of like
1: interesting.
0: And then you think about Callus and and what we learned about him from the Glycon, where he was like, like the fucking Dalek in the suit, like not <laughs> a solid creature anymore. Yeah, he was just
1: oozy.
0: Stuff. Yeah. And and the fact that his automatons are made from his excess
1: flesh, yeah, he had like a
0: hundred of those,
1: and they were basically yeah because like his flesh is not really who he is. He's the ooze.
0: Like, what the hell are like? I know everyone's like, what the hell are the vex? But what the hell are the cabal? Like,
1: yeah, what I've is happening? I know every everybody. What the vex? Me? What the cabal? Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, when you think about it,
0: like, when you see a bigger hive, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? Why not a bigger hive? And when you see a bigger fallen, you understand. It's like, okay, yeah, they have more ether, more ether makes them more bigger. And then when you see a bigger vex, it's like very simply, yeah, it's a a fucking robot. It can be as big as it it wants. But the cabal come in all damn shapes and sizes, and it makes no sense.
1: I know that when you get a headshot on on them... That, the gel out. Like, yeah. yeah, so cool. It's a cool death, you know. And then they like kind of just fall.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in D one, trying to to you, you get a headshot on them, and their head stays there, but their helmet pops off, and you got to see their yeah. ugly fucking faces for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was a, a a fun experience for everyone. The first time someone
1: successfully did that. Yeah, that was monstrous, right? I remember the the really cool live action trailer for destiny. And you're fighting the big piranha faced cabal or remember, like the, the live action trailer has the cabal
0: Uh
1: and he's like yelling, whatever in his uh, helmet. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. But the, even in there, they're massive. Like the scale Mm -hmm. of the cabal is just massive.
0: It's supposed to be like four tons or something, right? Yeah. Maybe they're 400 pounds.
1: Either way. Maybe it is. What is they they what couldn't is... make
0: up their mind if they were turtles or rhinos.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the gun? Kind of
0: there was a, there was a gun that had uh turtles with X's on it.
1: Yes. That's the armor. The oh, armor. armor. Has it. Yeah. It was a seasonal armor from. Uh...
0: Probably like worthy or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was so oh, no, cool not, because not worthy. Uh, it was before the chosen that's for sure
0: yeah that's 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 where i was going with
1: it was when we first started realizing that the pyramids were on the way yeah or something
0: yeah that's why yeah so it would have been worth i think it was worthy maybe i was right
1: yeah you might have been either way yeah Uh, the little space turtles are x'd out on the titan armor shoulder gauntlet plate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then later we just get armor that's flat out pieces of the cabal well, we've had that for a while, haven't we? Yeah, but I mean, like the face of a what was it? A phalanx was on the shoulder. Pads the, colossus, the, yeah, the colossus, yeah, the colossus faceplate, and the uh, they had
0: the uh, the war beast blades coming in yeah. on their elbows and shit. And uh, I mean, the
1: crow is wearing war beast skin. Is he?
0: Yeah, I thought it was like some like did, feather feathered did. armor, like some I guess feather he did. design. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he doesn't give a shit about Cabal. You know, he's sitting there. He was sitting there in the reef working with the Elixni and there's Cabal and Hive. And he didn't want to wear Hive skin, so he wore Cabal skin. So, yeah, can't really blame That's... them. Makes sense. But that will bring us to uh, chapter four, Soldiers. Keitel hears about toxic fumes coming from amun room and decides to go investigate. Amun has a Hive thrall chained up to the wall and speaks about the future of the Empire's army that the Hive don't fear pain or death. This goes against Cabal teachings, teachings that Amun actually taught Keitel. Keitel tells her to step down from the council. And uh, so her room has like a lot of hive imagery. Later that day, she found out the the first of a moon's rooms, usually kept tidy with military precision, was changed. Her two war tables covered in papers and tomes unrecognizable to Keitel. The room stank of death and poison, strange symbols were drawn on the ground
1: in ash. So pause. You know that she's kind of descending into this world of madness, almost like Toland yeah. did. You know, he's yeah, just... very, very well.
0: Thankfully, not or actually un unluckily, not like Toland, because at least Toland was keeping himself. You know, he was like, "Yeah, I want to see what yeah. this is about," but not like betray humanity. These
1: war- warlock and they kind of had that whole thing anyway.
0: And then uh Umun actually has uh, this to say. Uh when when Kaitel says how like you're going against our own teachings, she says we must move beyond them. Uh with each swing of the sword, the universe grows smaller, Keitel The competition fiercer. If we don't learn a new way, we'll be cut down with the rest. We must accept new gods or we'll perish. So that's that's like
1: sword logic right there. Like she's, yeah, she's definitely gone. hive. Yeah, that's definitely hive logic. Cause the hive, the hive believed that by to grow stronger and to become, you know, the big God form or whatever.
0: You're kind of uh, getting quiet as you talk. Are are you like stepping away from your mic or is it cutting
1: out? Yeah, I was leaning. Okay. I
0: just want to make sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so all I was saying is that the hive, the sword logic, the more you destroy, the more, the, the bigger you become the more godlike you become Yeah, kind of like the tithing system almost like
0: kill your which, brothers and
1: sisters you get bigger yeah which Got is
0: kind of like a almost an immature idea where it's like if you can beat up this guy and that guy can beat up that guy then you could beat up that guy yeah you know that's that's what sword logic basically is saying yeah. everyone that you kill you are stronger than everyone that they killed and so on, but not really because they could have had <laughs> the advantage when they killed that one person who would have had the, you know, it's like fucking rock, paper, yeah, scissors. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's You're, a flawed logic. It's a flawed logic, but you know, okay. So that's very important that you brought that up because the flawed logic was introduced by the worms. And so mm-hmm. this worm, uh, that's, you know, constantly hungry inside the hive, needs to be fed in order for it to be fed so oryx and his uh siblings were trying to get away from that Mm -hmm. right well and so oryx was
0: oryx was deep in it and i think zivu's deep in it too it's savathun who was questioning it
1: savathun yeah and so savathun's way out was trickery right Mm -hmm. to to keep from you
0: know I don't think she's ever explicitly said that she wants out of the worm pact. She has questioned it as a mistake, but never said, I don't want my worm anymore, but everyone thinks that's what she wants. That's
1: a good point. So that, that, so that's a good thing to say right then. Yeah. Because now you have an idea of what they're going through because if, um, if a moon is realizing this, Mm -hmm. for the first time to her it's brand new and it's great and it's like yeah she didn't she didn't see
0: the other side yet
1: yeah she's not she doesn't have the thousands of years or whatever it was yeah of the hive hunger yeah
0: where like savathun is like really destroying things and tricking things and all this stuff and constantly feeding her worm and there are entries this season where it's talking about how the worm's like not good enough like yeah. she <laughs> she sees that her time is coming. She's she sees the end of the, the, the road here. It it you are never going to be good enough for the worms. Eventually the worms will kill you because eventually there will be nothing left. There will be nothing left for you to kill and the worms yeah. will kill you.
1: So the only way out for the for the three has yeah. ever the only way out for those three it has always been to find something else. And so their conquest over the universe and mm-hmm. you know, galaxies and other entities and whatever has always been this search for something else. Like feeding the worm is the underlying problem that they have to yeah. deal with constantly. Uh, but getting away from that, they've got to be super creative. I mean, Oryx learn how to take for crying out loud. And the taking that's like that's an amazing event, you know, if you think about it like
0: the yeah, but even then, you know orcs can take the universe, but eventually the universe is is taken and then what he, right he he feeds his worms on the universe, and eventually the universe isn't enough, and the worms are all that's left they they mm-hmm. really played the long con against the hive,
1: yep, they sure did, you're right.
0: They did that uh, that that get rich quick scheme I read about when I was 10 where you ask your parents to change your allowance from the usual, I got paid like $20 because that was actually my lunch money and that's how much lunch cost when I was a kid, which is ridiculous, but whatever. And you ask your parents to change your allowance instead of $20 to one penny, but next week it needs to double to two pennies. And then the week after it needs to double yeah. to four pennies. And the week a- and it's like after after so many weeks, you'll be like, haha, you owe me a million dollars, mother. And it's like, <laughs> it's not gonna work. They <laughs> you're not getting the money. Yeah, but duh. the worms and the money worms was never there out. to yeah.
1: begin with. Yeah. Yeah. The the worms yeah, are gonna right. get them though. That's funny. Pyramid schemes.
0: Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> <laughs> speaking <laughs> of pyramids I wonder if Bungie thought of that when they were like let's make them pyramids
1: yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> so that brings us to chapter 5 Um, moon it sounds like she was taken into custody at some point between chapter 4 and chapter 5 uh-huh. Uh in the central square of Torobottle's weapon district a bright green flame licked the air amuna wrath stood against the blaze naked but for a wrist wrap in the custody of two guards her hide was carved with strange crude symbols when she saw keitel arrive she threw her head back and laughed here comes the princess imperial she said to kneel before our new god and then in that bracket syntax that Sabathun does i am Sabathun," whispering uh so basically it goes on to say, uh, Keitel, Keitel saying, what are you doing? And, and Amun saying, I'm summoning the god of war. And then bracket syntax, but the god of war has planted her armies elsewhere. It is her sister, smiling, that has taken the air of the war child, Amun Arath. Keitel stood before Amun in the flickering green light of the fire. Your obsession is weakness, she said, and the threat of our prosperity. You can't stop it now. Amun lifted breathless with delight. Zivu, and then Sabathun in her syntax. Zivu Arath, hear me kytle didn't break her stare i have no choice but to a moon chuckling raised her hands they glowed. the fire behind her burned bright burned higher and chattered like rattling bones the war is all there is she said as the chattering reached a fever pitch kytle made a decision with the lightning quick reflexes a moon had taught her she unsheathed the ceremonial sword at her side and ran it through a moon's middle a moon laughed and then uh Savathun you are a you are a war and I conjure you with war and blood she laughed and laughed and laughed until her mouth began to began to ooze until Keitel disgusted pushed her off pushed her off her sword with her foot the body tumbled backward onto the green blaze a gift for my favorite sister as the fire consumed the corpse a gargantuan portal opened into the sky so basically what happened here and I, I felt like it was important to read this whole entry because this was like really where the details are,
1: right? This um, is very important.
0: Yeah, a moon has been the the cabal have been fighting the hive. A moon has decided, for some reason, to worship Zivoireth, who, according to Savathun, has nothing to do with the war with the hive, which. Basically says, the hot ha- the cabal were fighting Savathun's hive the entire time, and then Savathun tricks the Arath into s- to to summoning Zivurath, and Savathun just like you know nudged it along, saying Zivurath, hear me, and then you are war, and I conjure you with war and blood. When Keidel stabbed the moon, and so you are war, and I conjure you with war and blood is a huge throwback all the way back to the books of Sarah where all Rick's became Oryx after killing his sisters and his throne world. And they were true deaths. And everyone likes to think that true deaths can be negated by summoning them because that's what Oryx did later on. Summoning Sabbath with trickery and summoning Zivor wrath with war. Yes. And th- they, they use that as evidence that Oryx can come back and that is not true. Zevor wrath, is written saying that when Oryx killed her in his throne world, she was sent back to her throne world, which is the standard rules for the Hive Worm Pact. And S- Oryx summoned Zivorath out of her throne world to where he was by creating war, just as Sabathune summoned Zivorath out of wherever she was to Tora bottle with war and blood.
1: Yep. And so that... That stabbing of a moon with mm-hmm. the sword and then throwing her down onto the um, whatever it was, the plate of the, the great fire. It. Yeah, yeah, the summoning thing circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in that instance, it was like, haha, I got you. You're tricked. You yep. killed her. So now that gives me the opportunity to flood your world with my war mm-hmm. and everything, because that's the way mm-hmm. the hive. Get here.
0: Yep. And that's exactly what way back in the dark below. So in the dark below, if you're a veteran, you've played, you have to go fight like two of Crota's hands, uh, his eyes, his heart, his, his will, uh, Omnigol, the will of Crota. You had to fight all these pieces of Crota that were basically just going around the Cosmodrome and the moon terrorizing shit. So Crota is the eater of hope. So, to summon Crota from his throne world, they had to destroy Hope. To summon Savathun, you had to be tricky. To summon Zebu, you had to perform War. To summon Oryx, you would have to navigate, I guess, <laughs> which is kind of a a, <laughs> a difficult one, I would imagine. But yeah. the the premise is there. You know, they have their summoning rituals, and that is how the summoning ritual is done.
1: Yeah so boom so that opens the the floodgate on Torah battle and now mm-hmm. the hive are going to destroy it yep.
0: so Kidal witnesses and uh this is chapter six battle song kaitle witnesses the arrival of zivu the war the war god with the hive the war with the hive destroy torah bottle or are going to destroy torah bottle and she knows it's her fault so like zivu just like rips out of the fucking sky and it starts messing shit up and so uh, she has Zivu has her own syntax where it's like all capital. And she says, my home is war. My voice is a battle song for as long as you have worshipped war, you have worshipped me. I am here to claim my tribute. It is overdue because obviously uh-huh. the ball are warmongers. Yeah. They've been inadvertently worshipping Zivu wrath, which is crazy. Cause it's like, you need to believe in Zivu wrath for her to
1: benefit. To know from. that, Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. And then like, uh, so all of the cabal stuff that's happened in the past, like the fact that they blew up planets just for being in their way, you know, yeah. like the, you know, all the stuff you heard about and all of that huge
0: secretly benefiting yeah. Zevu. She's, she's yeah. probably inadvertently the smartest of the, the three princes because, you know, mm-hmm. my, my throne world is the battlefield. She said once, you know, it's just like, she's, she's yeah. always profiting you know Sabbath, yeah, yeah trickery cool good for you you know oryx navigation cool The universe is ever expanding i guess you'll never run out of navigation but it's a lot of dead space and i don't think that counts <laughs> but ziva really it kind of mirrors it kind of mirrors out.
1: the future war Cult in a way too with their war is inevitable type yeah. of logic you know yeah. like there is nothing else but the war
0: yeah so you eventually know, it just shows you eventually yeah, Zivu yeah. would have came to the city and been like, yeah, I'm here for the workhold. They, they brought me here. What's Let's up? Go.
1: <laughs> right. I wonder I mean, Lakshmi died just now. And it just kind of happened. Right.
0: I wonder if that was actually Sabathun's plan. I wonder you if it got know. messed up. I wonder if it got messed up and they brought the Vex instead of Zivu. That'd be cool.
1: Oh, that would be cool.
0: Like if, if Lakshmi <laughs> was meant to kill, uh, uh, mithrax and in killing mithrax summon zivorath to earth and just decimate everything so like she's on plan b now like because when you when you kill um when you quit when you kill quaria she's osiris rather because we're assuming osiris isn't is being controlled by or is secretly osiris was kind of like oh you killed them Like not like excited. He was like surprised and a little defeated. So I wonder if the death of Coria kind of like allowed us to sidestep Zivu entering the city and instead had Vex. Hmm. Interesting thought. Mm. Either way. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to uh, chapter seven, Coronation. Uh, Keitel sits with her counselors. They look to her to lead, and as her first decision as Empress, she informs everyone that they will flee Torabattle. They go to Seoul to reclaim any that survived Gaul's foolish crusade, regroup, and then fight the Hive. Uh, in Chosen, and later on in the century, we we also learn that her plan is actually to team up with the Guardians, not just come in there and start a fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, that set up the whole Chosen uh, campaign. Yeah. So she's here to take all of the remaining cabal and she wants us to join in her pursuit to take back.
0: Yeah. Um, so, which <clears throat> really- so that is like just before uh chosen began, or actually it's probably a little bit before I would imagine Torah bottles kind of far away. And then chapter eight, Empress, uh, Keitel sends a message to the cabal and the soul and soul announcing her rise to Empress and her arrival. She also frees Scions and grants them full citizenship and so this is like just before season of the chosen starts, because I'm pretty sure we intercepted a cabal message in hunt. Didn't we? Mm. Am I confusing that with something else?
1: Did We get a cabal message. I know that the, it, what? Um, no, I don't know.
0: I'm almost positive. We intercepted no matter what though, you know, this is, this is happening like just before hunt. But the, the, the interesting bit here. Is that she freed the scions, which is something that Callus wanted to do before he was kicked out of the Empire. And everyone was like, "Oh, don't you dare free the scions!
1: How dare you? Free the scions!
0: (laughs) They have to be slaves."
1: The scions, oh man, the scions—just too much power. Yeah, that's the other thing about the scions. I can understand. I can understand like why they would be so hesitant (laughs) to Mm. let them just go free. I mean, obviously, like,
0: that's that's the thing, right? It's like you have, you, you almost paint this picture that this, you, you, Bungie has painted this picture that the scions are slaves, they're under the boot of the cabal, and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like you're free now, and they're still like, and yeah, we're gonna hang out. Like, what? Yeah. They were never slaves yeah, to why? begin with. That was, it would, that was the position they wanted to be in. They were, they were, they were like unseen. Because of the position they held. They were privy to secrets they should not be privy to. Because they were slaves. Well <sighs> that's that's a whole other thing. And I think we've actually talked about yeah. the Scions before. So we, we don't have need to a get back bit, into that.
1: I mean my god.
0: But yeah it is. Because actually it was um, Aunt Zot the Freeborn. So in. And just to just to cover it really quickly. I think it was actually in Chosen. That we learned, we had more clues about how the scions work for the scions. They don't work for the cabal. If it benefits the cabal. Sure. Why not? But only if it benefits the scions, will they do what's needed? And so you had the freeborn who was a free scion under Calus's rule. And then when Calus is like, we're gonna free all the Scions, Aunt like, no, 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 no. So obviously the Scions didn't want to be freed if they all it uh, assuming Aunt didn't betray their own race, if the Scions didn't want to be freed, you know, they wanted to be in that position still because Aunt Ot- yeah. is working with the entire race of Scion.
1: I mean, it, it's really crazy because, like, they're all the way in D one with the flares, right? And then, yeah, we had the, then we had the reintroduction of the new uh, scions, which were the flares. Yeah, we had more D2, flares, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then they were um, somehow attributed to the um, the Osiris construct. What was it called? The
0: the uh, Oxa. Uh,
1: no, the big machine. Yeah, but they, they had the Otza too. But the, the big machine that uh, helped him navigate time, whatever, space. What was the big thing that we all Oh, Oh, on?
0: the sundial. The sundial. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. No, sorry. You, you, I, I, I got that mixed up there.
1: Yeah. So uh, if the scions are there and the scions are way back there. Yeah. The potential for the Scions is insane.
0: Yeah, and that that was the other thing with with the whole sundial story. Like it, it was they were like saying like Yeah, we're gonna make it so the Red War wins and and Gaul wins, the Cabal wins, and then they were like, we're actually gonna make it so we win. And it's like, (laughs) oh shit, okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that did happen. Yeah, and. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, oh my goodness. Yeah.
0: And that brings us to the final entry of this, this book, uh, chapter nine Truce. So Keitel plans to demand the guardians to kneel before her to fight together with the cabal against the hive. She wishes she could just con- negotiate on equal terms, but that would be weakness. So she's got her advisor, um, Tarun and Tarun's gaze uh, Tarun's gaze turned thoughtful. Uh, no, wait, sorry. A little bit. Uh, Kylo leaned forward and abruptly, abruptly in the seat. Do we need to make war to regain the Legion? Once more, Tarun was silent. Eventually, she's, she said carefully. You don't believe we would win? Keitel saw the blade hidden in Tarun's question. We would win after a long, grueling war. We'd sustained huge losses, and we'd leave ourselves open to further devastation at the war god's hands. Tarun's gaze turned thoughtful. Yes, probably. She stud- studied Keitel's face. So what do you suggest? We negotiate. Tarun observed her customary moment of silence. Some of the counselors won't like it. I know, Keitel said. She stared past Tarun, her, her jaw set. I don't either. You'll have to make a gesture for them. A nod to our legacy as conquerors. If they see it as a true equal negotiation, Tarun trailed off. They'll call it weakness, Keitel finished. Especially after yeah. fleeing Tora Bottle, Tarun nodded. So Keitel's like really in this position where she just wants to come and be like, can we just work together, please? Can we, can we not fight? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but she can't do I that. need. I need to save my people. <laughs> can you just help me, please? but not really, yeah oh,
0: and I mean, I don't think that she would have she would have even done the whole um uh ritual of uh passing oh choosing yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, I forgot what ritual the the ritual choosing, of yeah. whatever um right the right of passing the right of choosing
1: something right?
0: the hammer, the yeah. hammer games, so. <laughs> I mean I they're even, proving grounds. The, That's yeah, what the, I know. I don't think she would have done the hammer games if she didn't need to. She would hammer came, games. Yeah. She would have just came up to Zavala and said, Hey, I wanna have an armistice. Any any cabal who denies this, they're they're your enemy, they're our enemy. We are gonna work together against the cabal or the hive. And you know, That's what ended up happening. She got what she wanted, but she had to sacrifice a few of her cabal to get that.
1: Yeah. Expendable. Right. Yeah. They're just expendable. (laughs) Oh man. That's a long, hard road. Yeah. And that
0: is the end of that book. That was a good one. Yeah. I'm really excited. So, yeah. so our next episode is actually going to be the Sunday after the 29th, the Sunday after the new season, the Sunday after the Witch Queen showcase event, which is like, like yeah. we're going to have too much to talk about on the 29th. I don't know which we'll do first. Oh, actually, you know what? It's probably smarter if we talked about the showcase because that's just going to be like a one and done thing. Whereas the yeah. season, it's it's going it to develop did. for a few a few weeks before it really. Slows. yeah, and there'll be like spoilery
1: topics that we wouldn't be able to touch anyway. So, yeah, that's true. I'm gonna kind of just go over like what's the happening.
0: Yeah. So, hopefully, next week we will be talking, or I mean, not hopefully, we it's, it's happening. So, next week we'll be talking about the showcase. Uh, we'll, we'll get some uh thoughts on that, and uh, maybe there will be uh, some more secrets about those music boxes unlocked by that time. That'd be cool.
1: Maybe the, yours will play My Sharona.
0: Oh my God, that'd be cool. That, that would, that would, uh, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, about, I was like, maybe, I was like, how much effort do I want to put into this joke? But I was like, what if I had it play, uh, that Rick Astley song?
1: <laughs> yeah, Rick <ring> Roll.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, like I, I start, I start cranking it up. It's like, and I'm like, what the fuck?
1: Am I gonna give you...
0: Start it up again, thing? kick on the music yeah. again. Like, like, <laughs> Just be, like, disturbed by it and stop playing and then just keep going back to it and the music picks up. I'm too lazy to do anything like that, though. I'm just going to be like, look what I got. You know, playing the because it's got to be the, the theme music for Witch Queen, right? Like, yeah, every, right. The, the, the three people I've seen so far receive theirs that have videos of it up. It plays the same music. So I don't think it's, I mean, it's just, it's different super awesome. I don't mean, and, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. mean to make it sound like this is like a stupid thing that they did. I'm like, it's amazing what they did, especially with the thematic reasonings behind Savathun and music is like right. basically saying everyone who received a music box, everyone who listens to the music box is now being infected by Savathun. That's awesome. I love that. Like thematic, uh, lore, uh, but I, I do just like very like taking a realist stance. There's not like a hidden message that you need a music master's degree to like piece out after playing them all together. Like there's like 20 <laughs> of them out there, and you need to sync them up perfectly. And it's like it's gonna say like drink your Ovaltine or some shit, you know? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Well, even if it even if it was like Sabathun trying to take over you in reality, you've already been infected by the Ahamkara, so
0: yeah, that's true. I got that fucking that one right there You're already screwed. Yeah. I've been screwed for a long time. Wow. <laughs> I It'll accept our, really,
1: really
0: I, I accept our wish dragon overlords, you know? It's it's fine. Yeah.
1: Same here cuz I mean it's technically just you, right? Uh, are you calling me a yeah. car? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at this point. Man,
0: that'd be cool, Granting wishes.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I hear people on Twitter all the time wishing for stuff in Destiny. Yeah, I'm not reading it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if if I am in on um, car, it ain't happening.
1: Yeah, there you go. <sighs> right. well, that's Make gonna be our suffer. show
0: for this week. Uh, we we will be back on the what did I just say the 29th? We will be back on the 29th talking about that Witch Queen showcase. We hope everyone's very excited for it. Oh, you asked me uh, why they were hiring so many people. Remember that? Yeah. We were talking to yeah, yeah. Uh, on the music box. And this threw me for a loop on the music box. It says Seattle time and it says Amsterdam time. And I was like, what is this range? Like <laughs> why Amsterdam? Uh, I forgot they're opening a second studio in Amsterdam. That's right. And I don't think the people they're hiring are being expected to to kick it over to fucking Amsterdam, but like they are expanding a, a yeah. bunch.
1: So good for Bungie. A huge amount, I guess. So there's all kinds of support and people that they need to facilitate. Yeah. Just, I mean the sheer logistics of shipping the game every
0: year. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm very excited for the future of destiny. Bungie's Bungie's proven that they can tell the story. It's, it's a matter of like, The other things that are important to people, you know, with the, with the content specifically, the armor, the weapons of this, that, you know, it's, it's a lot to, to not just give new toys, but like to, to balance it, you know, it's, it's an unending job and that's not even considering the technical side of keeping a live game going
1: for Well, know what, effectively eight, eight years. And you know what? We live in a world where there's like billions of people. So, you know, if destiny just occupies a a small chunk of the billions of people, well, that's still millions of people than a hundred years ago, right. Mm -hmm. That are all invested in this one particular project. So that being said, it has an audience that they can, um, cater to, you know, exist for bring beautiful things to Mm -hmm. keep growing. The community that is involved and so even if that community still stays as whole as it is that's a lot that's a lot yeah so as long as they got that business of where they can feed the community and the community feeds back to them then mm-hmm. you know it can keep it can keep perpetuating itself boop, boop, boop. yeah
0: Alright, well, we uh, hope you enjoyed the show. If you came in late and you want to listen to it or you want to watch it, you can find all our information down there at Loose Cannon Show on Twitter, spelled like it is down there because we've had someone look us up and they weren't able to find us because they spelled Cannon, uh, C-A-N-N-O-N so our little joke kind of backfired on us that time. Yeah. And I always want to make sure that people know it's C-A-N-O-N because Cannon, It's it's a meme. So, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Have a good rest of your two weeks. And I hope you all enjoy the showcase and the new season. We're going to be enjoying it too.
1: Yeah. Bye.